Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. You as well, man. Um, what a what a gift the last couple of weeks have been. Kind of chaos, right? We we started another podcast called the We Are BU Podcast. Go check it out. It's on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you you look for these things. It's it's about Bethel University Athletics and our experience there and and people's experience there. Um, but it, it can help you think about what has shaped us and in our conversations about what we do here. But it, like it's added some layers of complexity and challenge to our, our daily lives and our daily schedule, you know, we're going to have a baby in about a month. And so that is amping up and ramping up our, our preparation for that. And yet at the same time, we get this awesome opportunity to just stop and have a conversation with somebody that's a little farther down the path than we are. And we talk about that all the time, like go and seek out those people that are just one step ahead. You know, in some areas, Rebecca's way ahead. Our guest for today is way farther down the path than some of us. And in others, she's right there with us, maybe just a step farther. And, and the advice that she's bringing today was, was energizing for me because it has been a complicated, complex, messy couple of weeks. And at the same time, like stop, reflect, ask questions, learn, and it fills you up. It grows you no question. Rebecca Rouse, co-founder of Semper Stronger. She was a gymnast growing up, Olympic lifter now, and a, and a personal fitness coach, personal and community fitness coach. Jamie, I couldn't help but think of, we have a lot of female listeners that are kind of in this space right now, and we get feedback from them a lot, And which if you're listening and you're in that space, we appreciate you and keep the feedback coming. But what an incredible conversation to have with Rebecca and so many challenges throughout and again, blessed because we didn't really know what we were going to get. And it always turns out incredible. Well, and we kind of finished and she said, well, maybe you can take out the fitness yeah. sex piece. And I'm like, no, no, honestly, women need to understand and men need to understand also that, that the thing that we do with fitness is we glorify and we magnify and we amplify something that maybe isn't the point of fitness. I love the name Semper Stronger, right? Because we're, the focus is strength right? Mental strength, physical strength, emotional strength. It has nothing to do with the glorification of bodies. That is so prevalent in the fitness world. And everybody, regardless of our current physical fitness can become more fit, can become stronger in one of these areas in our life. And, and that conversation, yep. It's just a, a blip in our conversation. This thing that she says, like that sex and fitness and all this stuff, like it's, it's really not anything there, but it's really important to acknowledge that that is the way that a lot of people treat this thing. And then when we, again, zoom out from that, how do we treat the mental game? How do we treat our relationships? How do we treat, is it just the way that the world treats it and the, the social media or whatever treats this thing? Or are we engaging with it with intent, with purpose? And how are we responding to the way that it's happening outside of us and out there be purposeful and then join in, join the journey and define it for yourself in whatever way you want to. I love it, Jamie. I don't, I don't have anything to add other than I'm excited to share this conversation. Rebecca brought the good juice today. We got better. No question about it. And you will as well. Here we go. 
We are now joined by a very special guest, Rebecca Rouse, Semper Stronger. Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you guys today. Before we get into actual questions, I do, Jamie, it's not often we have someone who is fluent in Spanish on our podcast. I would like the two of you to just have a short conversation. Jamie <laughs> was a Spanish teacher and I go put him Espanol. on the spot. Um, yep. Go ahead. <laughs> ¿Por cuánto tiempo has hablado español? Casi 17, 18, algo así. Oh. Desde 15 en el colegio. Entonces, yo viví en España unos meses durante ah. mi tiempo en la universidad. Entonces. Yo también. ¿Cuál, ¿Cuál parte de España? En Andalucía, en Sevilla. Qué bien. Visité Sevilla, pero estudié en Salamanca. Oh, sí, yo tampo- también visité a Salamanca, entonces, qué buen ciudad. So for our non-Spanish Sorry, people, John. what did you guys just talk about there? Um, how long I spoke, I have been speaking Spanish, and then where we studied Salamanca yeah. for you in yep. Spain, and I was in Seville in the south. So, yeah, pretty awesome. Go figure. No, it's crazy. No, I saw that. I saw that when I was researching your your background, Rebecca, and I just thought that was would be a cool uh, thing because, like I said, we don't get a ton of Spanish speakers on our podcast. Very few. And, Very few. Um, no, that's great. I don't speak it as much as I should to keep up. It's one of those things, you know. You don't use it, you lose it. And when yeah. I was in school, I, I lived in the language house, like immersion program, so I was speaking all the time. I was very fluent. And then after graduating yeah. college, when I wasn't taking classes anymore, it's been a little bit less and a little bit less. So any opportunity. Yeah. I, speak it is a good thing so thank you for putting C- me on the spot. certainly yeah um I, I taught it for 10 years the high school middle school level and what an amazing get and this can even kind of be a transition to what we're talking about today because when you teach something your knowledge and your depth of knowledge and your like the circle of knowledge that you have because you're you're getting it from all sides deepens dramatically and I'm, I feel the same way. I've gone different periods of my life where I haven't spoken much Spanish, you know, two years after college, I didn't speak hardly any, I, you know, I've taken a year off from teaching and, and again, very, very little when I'm diving in and I'm thinking about how do I get this information to my students? It's a totally different ball game, how sharp it is, how clean it is. How do you feel like, you know, we talk about mindset, but let's start with what you do, which is fitness and physical training. How do you feel like your understanding has deepened and grown as you're going from maybe the student side to the teaching side? Oh my gosh. It's such a different experience to be the student versus the teacher. And, you know, when I first started training clients, my first job out of college was being a personal trainer. I had no experience. And so I, I was very much the student. I learned everything before I trained any clients of my own. I absorbed as much as I could. And that journey will never end. I mean, as as soon as we stop learning, like what's the point of living, right? We learn every day. But um, so once I, you know, I got some training experience under my belt, training clients, then I hired a trainer myself. And I have to say like hiring a trainer and being coached, even though I am a coach myself has been one of the best learning experiences because it allows me to be more empathetic to my clients to experience, you know, there are days when I would show up to my training sessions because I'm paying for it, but I didn't feel like being there. And so that when the roles were reversed, it allowed me to really understand what my clients were going through from, you know, being in their shoes in a sense. Um, and then just being able to, you know, go into certifications and learning all the, the, the knowledge and the classroom based stuff. And then being able to apply that um, is, is incredible. But then being on coached by somebody who has a knowledge base that I don't have, even within my own same field 
has allowed me to just add more tools to my toolbox. So it's, it's great to have the best of both worlds. I love that concept. We've talked about it in previous episodes where it's like, we, as athletes, we, we are coached all throughout, you know, I, you were a gymnast at a young age and then Olympic lifting and you, you have coaches and it's expected that you're going to have coaches. And then somewhere along the line as adults, we're like, I don't need a coach anymore. Cause I have the education, I have the tools, whatever, but I, I agree. I think having a coach is one of the more powerful things that you can do. And it's, it is lifelong learning, right? It's, it's how do I get better every single day? So tell us a little bit about Semper Stronger. Where did, how did it start? I mean, I don't want to go full story because I know you've told it a million times, but I'm curious because it is a leap of faith. It's a relatively new thing and it's, it's a, Hey, I'm going to bet on myself and do this thing. So tell us a little bit about Semper Stronger. Yeah, hundred percent. So I worked, as I mentioned, as a personal trainer, um, I worked for the same company since I graduated college up until a year ago about. And so that I'm super grateful. I worked for a company called Equinox. It's like a high-end luxury uh, health club. And they gave me a ton of education, mandatory education. They paid us to become smarter and better at what we do, which was phenomenal. I wouldn't have uh, traded that for the world just as far as, you know, starting my, my career as a fitness professional, but um, I did that for six and a half years, first as a trainer, then as a leader manager, um, I had a team of trainers that I led and everything was going super well. I had a kind of a good, um, growth trajectory for my leadership and management career, as well as continuing to train my own clients until COVID happened and threw a wrench in everybody's plans. So, uh, last August we were, well, we, we were closed down from March pretty much onward and we were paid, you know, a fraction of our salary. And then it was less and less and less until we had, we were furloughed. And at that point, um, they were pretty much like, we don't know how long this is going to go on. It could be a couple of weeks. It could be a couple of months. It could be longer. Nobody knows. And so, um, you know, they, we, they pretty much guarantee our jobs back when the gym reopened if we wanted it. But after a couple of weeks of waiting, I was like, this could go on indefinitely. And I'm not the type of person to sit around and wait for things to happen. I'd rather make things happen. And if my career, original career path plan was not going to go according to plan, I figured I would just make my own plan. And so I left there and uh, started my own, my own company. And I've been doing that for about 13 months now, and it's going great. I've learned a ton lots of wins, lots of challenges, lots of growth more than anything, but that's kind of how it all started was, you know, uh, the, the situation we all found ourselves in and, and people kind of made their made, made of it with whatever they would. And some people just sat around and collected unemployment and some people went and started businesses and everything in between. And so I decided to take the latter path and here we are. I love that you said, I'm kind of not, I'm not the person that's going to sit around and wait around. I'm going to go and do the thing. I think a bias towards action is this thing that then creates what you were talking about. Just tremendous learning, tremendous growth, tremendous opportunity to find out where we can grow and what, what is out there for us, challenging us, pushing us. I sometimes find myself in the exact opposite place. I have a bias towards thought. Um, I have a bias towards reflection. I have a bias towards, and I, and I get really frustrated with myself. I'm just going to be completely honest. Like, okay, stop thinking, just start doing, is this something you come by naturally? Is this something you've learned and grown into? And then where was that learning most specific as you took some of these risks to start Semper Stronger? Oof, so many good questions there. So I would say I was not always like this. Um, I, it has taken, it's been a journey and I still fall short sometimes there. 
you know, overall, yes, I started the business. I left the job and, and followed my dreams, but there are still days when I have all the things written out that I need to do. And I struggle on where to start, or I, yeah. I'm afraid to make the wrong next move. So I don't make any moves. And then I get frustrated with myself and I just have to pull myself out of that place and realize that like, I have to do these things. I have to take action because if I want to get closer to my goals and I've got a lot of goals, um, sitting around and doing nothing is not going to do that. It's not going to get me there. So I've had a lot of support from my husband. He's, uh, he's been in the military for 16 years. And so he, and he's, you know, been enlisted and officer and he's done a lot of leadership and, you know, having gone to combat three times, like he's, you, you just kind of, he, he's learned those lessons of how you have to take action. You have to make decisions. And so he, when I've struggled to do that, he supported me and, um, help me make a decision and without making the decision for me, but just kind of guiding me and, and pushing me a little bit to, you know, discomfort sometimes in a good way, um, to just is, make is that pretty tough love at that point in time. Yeah. Like, is it, is it pretty challenging? It's it yes and no. I mean, it's, I need it. And we've, you know, I'm not at a place anymore. Like I used to be where I would, you know, put my tail between my legs and, and be sad or look for sympathy. It's like, no, I need, I've asked him to do that. And, you know, being married and also business partners, there's an interesting dynamic there, but we've, I think yeah. we're really working. We've gone to a really good place with it where whatever needs to be said is said, we don't leave anything unsaid. And so um, he pushes me a lot to, you know, when I doubt myself or I'm afraid to make a decision, it's just like, no, we need to, we need to go. We need to make a decision. We, we need to move forward. We, we need to move in some direction that isn't right where we are right now. So, and, and if it's the wrong decision or it gets us somewhere we weren't intending to go, then we, if we have to pivot, we pivot, but we, at least we made a decision, which is a lot more, and we took action, which is a lot more than, you know, the person who hasn't started yet. And is just still contemplating taking that first step. So, so, so you talk about some of those struggles on your own daily basis. Like I get up and I know what I need to do and I don't want to do it. Yep. How has that lesson, how has that struggle for you made you a better coach in terms of relating to your clients and, and the people that you're working with? Um, I think it's finding the happy medium. Like they're not showing up and, you know, continue day after day after day to make excuses and not do the work is not a recipe for success. But on the flip side, we have to also understand that we have tough days. We have to give people grace. So I need to give myself some grace if it's, you know, life's not good or, you know, there's something going on outside of my control, um, that type of thing. And then same with my clients, you know, they all have their own, their own struggles, family, work challenges, uh, health, whatever. So being understanding, but also giving them that tough love and that push, because ultimately like, that's why they hired me. Right. So if they didn't want that accountability and they didn't want that push and that structure, then they wouldn't be investing in a coach. So try to find that balance, um, do the same for myself but it's definitely made me a better coach, especially like what I was saying before, having worked with a coach. Um, I'm currently working with a coach I have since 2017, pretty much all ongoing. So I've always, you know, practice what I preach and have those, those personal experiences to leverage when it comes to serving my clients. One of the things that struck me in reading some of the testimonies on the website is, is the consistent coming back to like the individualized specific nature of the plans that you're executing with your clients and your people. You know, we, in working with on the mental game, like it, it has to be specific. It has to be unique and individual. Otherwise it's not going to resonate. It's not going to land. Do you find that simple? Like, I'm sure there are big structures that you use in the fitness capacity, but how, how are you kind of interweaving both of those pieces, the mental and the physical through that kind of individualized process? Cause it's clear that your clients appreciate that and, and want that. And, desire, and I think we all do, we all want to, you know, 
But then we also have this phrase that one of our previous guests and a friend of ours says, you're special, you're just not that damn different, right? We want it, we want to have both of those what's good works. Let's not reinvent the wheel, but also we need to meet your specific needs. What does that look like? Um, when you're developing plans, working with people, honoring their individuality, it's just such an interesting question to me. Totally. Um, so I have, you know, when it comes to the business, I have the different levels of offerings that I have. So I have the one-on-one and then I've got my membership as well. And so when it comes to the one-on-one, like those are the people who are willing to invest more money. They want that customized one-on-one experience. Everything's personalized in terms of, you know, their, their training schedule, their habits that we're focusing on their nutrition macros, all that stuff. So those are the people who are like, I'm willing to invest to get, get help and, and make real change and have that support and accountability, like ongoing all the way through. So for those people, I have like the the one-on-one hour long consultation to start. I really find out and dig deep into what their challenges are, what their lifestyle looks like, where they've been, where they want to go and how I can help facilitate that journey. And so for some people it's, um, you know, the, the mental toughness aspect or the showing up aspect and not making excuses for others. It's, um, you know, it's just, something much bigger. Like they have a really big goal or they have, they've had a health crisis in the past and they want to really come back from that. Or they've had, um, I don't know, any number of things. So that's kind of how I do the one-on-one and and tie in the mental and the physical. There's a lot of, I do a lot of, I've read a lot of books too on mindset. So I recommend a lot of those same books that have helped me on my journey to my clients, depending on what they're struggling with. Um, I'm not a mental health expert, but I have, you know, have, I do have my own experiences that I've learned greatly from. And so I, I do, I'm happy, happy to recommend some of those things, podcast books that have helped me get to, get to where I am and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And I'm certainly not the best, but I do have, I feel like I can't help people with, with that, those resources and that experience that I've had on the, the more the generic membership side. Um, those people are not paying what the one-on-one people are paying, but I, that doesn't mean I don't want to help them. Obviously I would love to help as many people as possible. So I've created some resources. Um, I did a, a mastermind like mini course i called it mastermind so it's mastering your mind and it's just like a couple uh, it's like an email course three days long people get one email per day to their inbox just with a couple tips to help them become sharper in their mindset and you know not make excuses and and be more resilient and in their life and so it's just three easy tips and so people can download that and uh, just work a little bit each day to get better mentally so the, the way we got connected was through Nate Bailey, who's a friend of ours. He was on our podcast, boy, a long time ago now. And we we've kept in contact and he's, he's an awesome dude, but I just listened to your episode with him actually this morning in preparation. And, and you talked about, you, you just mentioned excuses and you, you mentioned in that interview, you talk about Jocko and extreme ownership. And I, I couldn't help, but just think about excuses. And when you bring it up now, what, what are, what sorts of things are you working with people on when that, that is the issue is I'm going to keep making excuses, whether it's time, fitness, resources, fill in the blank. How are you helping those people to overcome kind of that perspective? Um, I think step one as a coach is meeting the client where they are and making sure that expectations are realistic on both ends. So that's why it's important, you know, when someone's investing in having the one-on-one customized program, where, where are they now and what are they willing to do? Because one, every client's different. So what one person's willing to do is going to be potentially very different than what the next person's willing to do. And so if you, if I set these unrealistic expectations, like, okay, the, 
you know, I'm a coach, so I know I've seen a lot of people go through this journey. If this is A and they need to get to Z, yeah, there's 20 things that I could tell them to do, but ultimately if they're not willing to do that or they're not ready, then it's, what's the point? Like I, we could have the best fitness plan or the best nutrition plan or the best mindset plan in the world. But ultimately if it's not executed, then it's pointless. So finding out, you know, really understanding where the client is in the journey and helping them make small gradual steps, um, identifying the barriers and trying to slowly eliminate them or create an environment that is more conducive to their success. So depending on what the struggle is, if it's, you know, staying up too late and, and sacrificing sleep and therefore the recovery is not there, or if it's drinking alcohol too much, or if it's working too much and not having enough time for self-care and, and fitness and uh, food prep, that type of thing. So, you know, it's, it's hard to just give a blanket answer because everyone's different, but those are kind of some of the, yeah. the things that would be the most impactful. I, I think about as coaches or individuals are listening and trying to make some of these same type of changes changes that you're speaking to that you're going to work with on your clients and, and clearly get a coach, call Rebecca, have her coach you. That sounds like a great idea, right? But some of us are like, I'm going to try and make some of these changes on my own. What sort of questions are you asking so that we can ask some of the same questions of ourselves and try to get to that? You know, we, we talk about, we got to get truthful, right? We got to be as truthful and as honest as we possibly can be to know where we currently are so that we can have some sense of where we're going. What are you digging into to say, what are you willing, you know, you ask this question, what are you willing to do? What, what are the follow-up questions to that to say, let's actually figure that out. You know, what is it that you're willing to do? What, how far are you willing to go? What sort of things are you asking people so that we can ask ourselves when the challenge is real? That's a really good question. So, um, I think understanding what the barriers are. So, um, we, well, first of all, I guess first, first thing would be what does success look like? Because if we don't have a clear picture of where we want to go, then creating a roadmap to get there is going to be very challenging. So what is, you know, six months from now, a year from now, six, you know, 10 years from now, what is, what does success look like? What's doing, what are you doing now that's working that we can do more of what's not working that we can potentially do less of what can we delegate? So for example, if someone just struggling with their nutrition and, but they're really, really busy with work, potentially getting a meal prep service that delivers meals to them. So they don't have to prepare themselves or go to the grocery store and spend the time prepping and chopping and cooking and all that stuff. Like let's delegate that so that you can continue to perform well at work, do whatever you got to do for your family, get, make time for your workouts and delegate the nutrition side. Um, you know, some things like that. I think those are some of the powerful, most powerful questions to ask. No, I love that. I think we can all benefit from some of those same questions. What's working, right? I think, I think one of the things that we ignore is like, we always focus on what, you know, we have a bias towards negative as humans, right? That's just built into our evolution, right? We, we forget to notice what's working and to amplify that, right? Because what we focus on is going to grow in our life. That's just, how it works, right? That's how our brains work. What we focus on grows. So if you're focusing on the negative and you're constantly beating yourself up about, I never get out of bed. I, I can't do this. I don't, well, you're probably actually, it's not helpful to ruminate on that. It's, it's helpful to say how, when it does work, why does it work? What is the thing that works when I'm, when I'm using it well? And so I, you know, I, you said you start to maybe give some advice about, I've read this book, I've done this thing. What are some things that you've done that you're going, I'm giving away, you know, the, the stuff that you're putting in the content you're taking in that you're now giving away because it's worked for you. Maybe it's going to work for somebody else too. For sure. So I think, um, 
calendar and time management has been huge because I think that's probably, I mean, I can't speak for the world, but I think a lot of people struggle with that and prioritizing. So I'm a huge maker of lists, have lots of lists, to-do lists, shopping lists, you name it, but creating some sort of structure. And if it's not the calendar time blocking, maybe it's something else, having a planner, I don't know, um, figuring out what systems are going to work. Because systematizing things is a huge um, saver of time. So if people can figure out what systems are going to work for them, whether that's tracking food or tracking time or tracking workouts, whatever. So that's definitely one. Um, can I, can I get a little bit granular here? How do yeah. you, when you say schedule and organization, you time block? Yeah. Yep. You so I have, explain that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I have, um, I'm in a mastermind group myself and one of the tools and resources that I use from there is a weekly plan. So every Monday morning I wake up and before I do, well, I go on a walk every morning, which just kind of helps me get some fresh air, clear my head. And then I come back and on Monday mornings, I'll spend 30 minutes while I'm drinking my coffee doing this weekly plan. And so basically what it is, is at the top of the page, it's like my why, what's my why, what gets me out of bed every day? What's my life purpose? Then it, I have to list out my annual goals. So right now we're in 2021, um, the goals that I set at the beginning of the year or end of last year. And then I break it down, you know, what are the quarterly goals that I'm focusing on monthly, whatever. And then the, the bulk of the rest of the plan is what like three main things uh, do I need to get accomplished this week, like umbrella tasks, and then break each one is broken down into up to three like smaller tasks. And then on the backside, it's a Monday through Friday, like what is the one non-negotiable for each of those weekdays? So if the rest of the week like goes to hell, then at least if I achieve this one thing each day, I will have finished the week with five important tasks checked off my list, potentially more, but at a very, at the bare minimum, I'll have those five completed. And then at the end, when I do that every, every Monday, I um, reflect on the past week. So I give myself a rating out of 10 stars. Like what would I rate last week? What, what did I learn? What did I, what went well? What didn't go well? What did I fail at? And what were my key lessons learned? And how am I going to move forward from there? So that's like how I start and set the tone for my week. And then from there, I take the tasks that I've assigned, you know, for my, my days and, the, and the, the individual tasks, and I put them onto my calendar. So I know what I'm working on each day that's going to get me closer to my goals. And this is for business, but also for my own workouts and my own, you know, strength journey that I'm on for competitions and, um, and my relationships and personal development. So making time for all of those things. And that's kind of how I keep myself accountable to myself and organized. People, it press sounds, pause, oh. rewind, <laughs> do it again, listen back. I'm going to take it, right? I'm going to, I need to put some, I have some time blocking, I have some scheduling stuff that I just don't do consistently well, right? Because the system is, the system is, I love this, Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast says, system that is designed to get the exact results you're currently getting, right? The system is designed to get the exact results you're currently getting. If you're not, getting the results you want, change the system. So I, I'm challenging everybody out there, listen to that two minutes, a minute and a half, whatever. It's a system that she's created to be successful and figure out the goals. John, I stepped all over you. I apologize, but I just want to put that out there. Listen again and figure out how you can systematize, not just your time and your schedule, but maybe something else in your life as well that needs that kind of organization. No, and I was going to get lost in the weeds a little bit too, but my question was the, those five non-negotiables or the one each day, I think, can you give us an example of one, what that might look like? Because I think oftentimes we get lost in the, the huge things that we need to accomplish every day. But my guess is, yep, Jamie, <laughs> but my guess is not always those non-negotiables are this massive 
event or, or activity? No, usually it's not actually. And that's one of the, in the mindset course, spoiler alert, one of the, um, the, the tasks is setting micro goals because, and I, I learned this through a, this course that I took on mindset created by Navy SEALs. And it talks about, um, how Navy SEALs get through buds, which is like their, their yeah. basic training, hell week, yeah. uh, hell week and all that stuff. It's like, how do you get through you? If you think about how much six, I think it's six months long. If you think about how many months you have left you're those people quit, they ring the bell and they quit. But the people who just think about the next evolution, the next hike, the next swim, the next PT session, even, and if that's too much, think about the next rep that you have to do and that's it. And you only focus on that. And so that really resonated with me. And I think that that's the stuff, you know, you get, we get lost in the big stuff and it's like, oh my gosh, it's this massive overwhelming task. There's no way I'm going to get that done. Don't get that task done. Break that task down a hundred more times and get that first task done. And then you move on. And then eventually, and th- sometimes this happens to me, I'll get to the end of my week or on Monday, I'm like looking at all these, the, the bigger, like monthly goals or whatever. I'm like, gosh, I'm so far away from that. But when I break it down, I finish the week. And if I achieve everything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got so much closer to achieving this like monthly target that I have. And I don't even know how I did it. I just did it because I broke it down into those month, those uh, micro goals and focused on achieving one at a time and checking it off the list. So I, like John said, before we started, I work with a uh, cross country team. And one of the things that I, I said in my research, or I, I shared with them is like, I was researching about this guy that runs hundred mile ultras, right? These giant crazy, challenging in the mountain, just ultra after ultra after ultra. And he's like, I don't focus on a hundred miles. Like I focus on 15 minutes. I know for a fact I can run for 15 more minutes. Like that's it, you know? And for some of us, it might be, I know for a fact I can run for two more minutes. And that's all that's like, we have to, again, be honest with ourselves and understand he, he runs and trains a ton, right? He's got 15 minutes in the bag and he knows I can do another 15. That's all I need. And then all of a sudden, those little tiny micro goals become micro wins that stack on top of themselves. And they become this powerful motivator to say, look at how far I've come. The progress is incredible. And you didn't realize that it was happening, but we get so lost sometimes, so bogged down by what is the big thing that I'm trying to accomplish. And it's just the wrong place to, to put our focus and our attention. Absolutely. Yep. The brain, brain is powerful. So if we can, in a sense, you know, trick it to, to sell and then celebrate those wins, like you said, you know, you, the two minutes or the 15 minutes or whatever, like when you get to that benchmark, do a mini celebration it doesn't mean go, you know, have a drink or something. Cause you achieve your micro goal, but acknowledge that you did it because that's reinforcement to the brain. And that's really powerful as you continue to move forward. So Rebecca, you've kind of referenced a lot of different resources, things like that. If you had one book, one podcast, one of each, and I know that's general because it depends on the person and what they're struggling with, all of those things, I get it. But you get one of each, which, which are you recommending? Oh, man. Not to put you totally on the spot. I'm just kidding. I I think the book that's got, I've got to put it, give it to Jocko, Extreme Ownership, one of the most powerful, profound books. Ah, there we go. He's got a copy right there. Um, any, I mean, any of Jocko's books, the leadership strategy and tactics is fantastic if for anyone in a leadership capacity, which Jocko argues is everybody. So, you know, you're the leader yeah. of someone, something, your own life, you're, everyone's a leader. So it definitely applies to everybody. Um, oh gosh, podcast. I mean, Jocko podcast is great too, but I should spread the love a little bit. Um, mm, this is a tough one. Let me think on that. I'll maybe by the end of the episode, I'll get back to you with the, uh, an answer. There's so many good ones. 
It's awesome. I, we, we have this bias, right. Towards understanding, like maybe we want to look at other people often, right. We want to, we want to try and place ourselves in the context of what other people are doing. We want to compare ourselves, judge ourselves based on what's going on outside of us. How does that limit? I, I really do believe that it limits us in some ways. How does that limit what you do in the fitness world as people are saying, well, I want to be that, you know, I think that's, a, that's a place where it can be a really powerfully, almost damning sort of comparative process because we want the physical appearance, the outward appearance of somebody else. What is your response to somebody like, I want to be, I want to look like that, right? I want to compare myself to that thing. I think there's pros and cons to, to that. I think having a goal, having somebody or something that you aspire to is admirable. I think, you know, it keeps us motivated, uh, keeps us driven and moving in a, in a direction toward a goal, but it, you know, to an, taken to an extreme, it can be toxic. Um, I think social media has not helped with that because people for the most part are putting their best selves and their perfect lives on social media and not, not many people are posting the opposite or the, the human factor, what makes us all human and flawed and with challenges and struggles that we all face every day, but nobody wants to talk about it. So I think um, people have to take social media with a grain of salt and understand that everybody's there for attention. I mean, ultimately what else likes and shares and saves and reposts like engagement. That's what social media is. A lot of it is for because, and you know, I'm guilty of it. I, I use social media for my own business. So I, I get it. But at the same time, I think, um, you know, it can, it can be toxic and especially for younger individuals, like more easily influenced, um, you know, developing minds as people are growing up. And this is you know, the younger generation. That's all they know is social media. And I fear for what that might do to their mental health and self-confidence and things as they get older. But um, I think it's important for people to look inward and understand, you know, compare yourself to yourself. If you compare yourself to everybody else all the time, it's you're going to probably be feel, feeling a little unfulfilled. So if we can compare ourselves, you know, it sounds super cliche, but like just be better than you were yesterday. Do one thing better today than you did yesterday. Get 1% better. However, you know, all the pick a cliche that you like, but um, I think it's I think it's true and I think it's powerful. So if you just compare yourself to where you've been in the past and just focus on moving forward and becoming a better version of yourself, then that's the ultimate fulfillment that we could possibly want in our lives. It's funny how those cliches, we make fun of them and we, we say, uh, we kind of gets, you know, itchy <laughs> when we cringy. cringy, cringy was the word I was looking for, but the reality they work, right. They keep coming up because they hold true. Compare yourself to yourself. Boy, I, I don't know if there's a better challenge for all of us every day, right? Yes. You need to have goals. You need to have people that you want to emulate and be like, and, and accomplish the things, but compare yourself to where you were yesterday where you are today, where you want to go tomorrow. It's, it can be that simple. It's that's the, that's the hard thing is it can be that simple. Just, we make it way more complicated than that. Totally. I mean, people, everybody who, you know, people look up to on social media, who's achieved fame or success, like that's not without struggle. They have their own struggles, but we're all individual and we've all had our own journeys and we're a product of our own experiences and our lives and the people we know and the experiences that we've had. So to think that we're going to be exactly like somebody else is unrealistic and nor should we want to be. We're all on our own journey. We all have our path and our goals. And that's what makes us all unique individuals and have something different to contribute to society. I wanted to speak to that a little bit because we, you get 
both of the things, the individual specific needs of your clients, but then you've also done a good job of creating community in the program. And I think that's such a huge piece of what we talk about a lot. It's like, we're made to be in community and to be in this place where our, our journey is specific and unique. And yet we can't do it alone. hundred percent. So how do you develop that in your programming, in your community where you're saying, and yep, we're going to do this one-on-one. It's going to be specific and unique. And at the same time, I'm going to connect you with other people so that you can do this thing with support and, and accountability. Sure. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I strive to do in the membership that I've created. So um, I've got members who have joined from countries all over the world, which is something I never imagined I would be able to do. But um, I guess, thank you to social media. I've been able to reach people from all over the world as I've, my following has grown. And that's been one of the, the more rewarding parts of that. And so when people join, they, everybody's connect, connected in the app, there's a group chat. And so, and I, I show up in there and I know a lot of big celebrities have apps and programs and it's probably, they have probably somebody running it for them, but like I'm in there every single day, posting, encouraging people, introducing all the new members, having them share their goals, where they are in their journey, what they're working toward, what brought them to our community. So people feel that connection. And especially in over the last year when people have been so isolated and so to, to try to do the opposite and bring people together who have it, we're all, you know, all on different parts of places in our journey, but we all have a, a common uh, value and goal of strength. And that's how I'm uniting people from across the world through that, that journey of becoming stronger mentally and physically. So it's been really incredibly rewarding. You, you talk about being able to connect people all over the world and, and technology and I, you know, in mental health, that's one thing that has been a game changer the last two years is that there's a movement towards, hey, we can offer things remotely. We can do this online and, and it's not for everybody, right? Some people need that physical community to go and show up at a gym or show up with their coach and do the thing in person. But what an incredible tool, again, to be able to pull people from all over the, all over the world and, and use correctly. I think we can all agree social media and technology is incredibly powerful, um, but being intentional about how you use it. And I think that's something that I have gotten from kind of the way you use your social media is that you're intentional about how do I'm helping people. I'm giving to people. It's not about me. It's not about the, yes, it's about the business. Obviously there's a part of that, but it's how do I give and serve other people? And I think that's a really cool thing. hundred percent. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yes, that's exactly how I try to utilize social media. I think there's enough people out there promoting, you know, sex disguised as fitness and there's, you know, that's what people want. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not what I want to be about. It's not who I want to be and how I want people to perceive me. I want to promote strength and community and education and um, help people. And I get a lot of messages, like more than I ever imagined from people who reach out and tell me that because of the things that I've posted, they lost 40 pounds or they follow my workouts. And when I post that I you know, showed up and did what I, what I did, and even though I didn't feel like it, they, they got off the couch and went to the gym or they showed my videos to their teenage daughter to show them what, to show her what strength looks like and that it's great. It's, it's cool for women to be strong and lift weights. And so things like that, like, that's why I do what I do. It's not for attention. It's not for, you know, the likes and the, the follows or whatever. It's purely so that I can leave a legacy and and empower other people to build their own physical and mental strength. So we've been talking about it. 
Where can we find you? Where can the people connect with you to get into the community that we're talking about or be encouraged by your social media website, whatever it is? How can we uh, follow that same path, that Semper Stronger idea in our own lives? Yeah. So my personal page is at Rebecca.Rouse. Um, and that's pretty much where I share like what I'm doing in my own fitness journey and some stuff about nutrition, mindset, et cetera. And then uh, my, my brand page is at Semper Stronger and email um, Rebecca at SemperStronger.com. And the website is SemperStronger.com. Should be pretty easy to find. I love it. Rebecca, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you. You know, sitting here, Jamie, thinking about all of the things that we just talked about with Rebecca and how, how do I want to get into this takeaway? And because there really is, again, we talk about this a lot. There's a, there's a lot of concepts, right? There's a lot of tools. There's a lot of things, but you know, one of the things that struck me most was, you know, what are you willing to give up? And whether that's your relationships, your work, your fitness, you know, fitness, it's, it's pretty clear, right? What are you willing to give up to, to reach your goals? Are you willing to give up ice cream every night or that glass of wine or the pizza or whatever it is or not? And I think it's a little harder in other aspects of, of our life and saying, Hey, what are we willing to give up? But that's a question I think that all of us can benefit from in terms of, Hey, what are my goals? What do I want to accomplish? But really what am I willing to give up to, to reach that thing that I have classified as success? And to get a little bit personal here, like we just got back um, from Louisiana, went to football game. We had some really awesome conversation. One of the things that I've been wrestling with coming out of that, because you guys challenged me in a cool way. And again, it's why I value the opportunity to spend time together. It's like, I'm, I struggle a lot with being liked. Right. I struggle a lot with like, I want people to care about me, want people to like me. I want to do things. I want to say yes to people so that they like me. Right. And one of the things that I I'm learning about myself is that I might have to give that up. I might have to give that up to have a successful business. I might have to give that up to be in front of groups of people and say, not everybody in this room is going to like me. And I just challenge, you know, like that's a personal journey that I'm on right now is to say, I don't need to people please all the time. I don't need to do the thing that is going to ingratiate me automatically in a group. And when it comes to meeting our goals, meeting our long-term, this is the desire of my heart sort of stuff, you have to put away some of the things that are very comfortable and normal in your life. And one of the things that has been comfortable and normal for me since I've been eight years old probably is I'm going to do whatever it takes for you to like me. And, um, that is, I'm 36 and I'm still working through and understanding what that looks like in my life. And one of the things I'm going to have to do is change the system, right? That was a huge part of the takeaway from, from Rebecca for me is like, what systems do we have in place to get the results that we're getting? And one of my results is like, I really feel filled up when somebody praises me, when somebody gives me words of affirmation, well, how do I then give myself that to say, I did the work. I did the good thing. Even if nobody else noticed it. Good. Awesome. Right. Jocko. Good. Good. So. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that, Jamie. And I, as you were saying that, like for me, it's not necessarily, I mean, we all want to be liked right at, at some level, but for me, it's about being right. And, and so that, what that causes in me sometimes one is anger 
and frustration because if I'm not right, then what do I do? Says something about me. I take it. I take it out on other people, right? But it also cause, paralyzes me sometimes because it's like, no, if I if I don't know what is right, then I tend toward inaction. Which, again, we talked about in this episode, even right, where it's like when we when we do that, then we get stopped, we get paralyzed, we don't make progress. But yeah, what what else stood out to you in terms of what Rebecca shared in terms of the the conversation I was serious, like go back and listen to the time blocking thing and how yeah. you work back. And this is whatever you want to achieve in life, like whatever you want to achieve in life, work backwards from the goal, right? Work backwards from the big picture, then work to some umbrella ideas, one, two, or three, like just get more and more granular, start big, one big idea, and then work down, work down, work down. And if you get into a hundred different micro goals, awesome, right? Awesome. Don't get lost there where you aren't acting, but take action. Once you've established those things, take action and then check in regularly. It's every Monday, right? That yeah. I'm now checking back in with the big goal. Amazing challenge for us. And you might not have the time to do that, or you might not make the time to do that. I don't know what's fair. You know, like, I, what, I was, the thing. what I was going to say, Jamie, is that it doesn't, I mean, what she's doing is master's level, expert yeah, level. For sure time blocking. Right. And that's, that's awesome. And if you can do that, and if you're willing to do that, right, go do it because it's going to change your life. If you're not at that point, start by Take you know, the, a step, right? right. Three things that I can do tomorrow, right. That are small, small steps. If I accomplish these things, boom, write it down. And then I think the reflection piece, Jamie is a big part of it. Like whether you start with that the whole week and you start with your yearly goals, your quarterly goals, your monthly goals, and then you keep breaking it down like that. But or if it's every day, I'm going to do something, right? Still, you have to take that time to reflect. And just like, what's my one big thing today? I, I love that. Like, just get one today. And it doesn't have to be this, uh, you know, like we say big, but what's what's the one non-negotiable? I was going to say. I'm going to get this yeah. thing done today, yeah. right? And it might be a micro thing. Awesome. Cool. It might take 10 minutes, but we don't know how long. It, that's the other thing. You never know how long it's going to take and you never how, know how those wins are going to stack on top of each other until you take the action. I like That's it, right? That's the big piece is, is act, move, do something. And if you get stuck, do something else. Try something else. Like you get down the wrong track, okay, cool, we'll pivot. But again, don't get stuck there. And I am I'm the king of this. So again, I'm not challenging anybody out there to do something that I'm not challenging myself with as well, because what Rebecca shared was, was really challenging to me personally. And that's why I love doing what we do, man. I love getting to have these conversations because I walk away and I go, I need to do this. And if I do, I'm going to grow. Yeah. And her challenge way at the beginning, Jamie, don't sit around and wait, go and do right. Make things happen. I wasn't, she said, I'm not one to sit around and wait. I'm going to go make things happen. So that is uh, the final, maybe my final challenge to you is take a step, whatever one of these things that you want to apply to your life and your journey, go do it today, tomorrow, and this re this week. Thank you for joining us. It's a, a pleasure, Jamie. You said we're, we're blessed to be able to do this week in and week out. And we couldn't do it without our listeners or our viewers on YouTube. We appreciate you as well. So have a great week, Jamie. I can't wait till we get to do it again. And as always, live eyes up.